Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show, it's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical, Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in my studio and I am very excited to welcome my guest. Please put your hands together for comedian, actor, podcaster, writer, musician, person you've definitely seen on a million things, Brian Posehn. Hello. Hey. How's thanks it going? for having me. I'm good. 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 Um, How so are you? I'm, I'm good, but I'm Do having, people ever ask you that? They never do, you know? <laughs> What's, who interviews the interviewer? <laughs> no one. Yeah. I'm in a pickle right now. Perhaps you can help me. It's very... Mm-hmm. You're in LA as well, right? Yes. So you know it's like unseasonably cold. I find it to be. Yeah, well, it, it fits for Christmas if you're anywhere else, but for L.A., it's super weird. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and I'm a person who, um, despite my sunny disposition, really, uh, I, I don't like Southern California weather. Like, I always, I lived in New York for years. I like the cold, but for some reason, I'm just ill-prepared for this particular bout of coldness. I feel like I don't have the clothes for it, or like I no longer have the... I don't know, intestinal fortitude for it. I'm just cold all the time. Right. So I'm in Well, because the- East Coast yeah. cold is like 30s and 20s, and our cold is like 50s. Right. So you don't, you can't wear the full North Face. You can wear like a, a North Face vest. Yes. Maybe that's what it is. And then a sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm just wearing like fall clothing, but freezing my ass off. So I'm in <laughs> right. my studio now, and it's so cold that I've turned the heat on, but I feel like. It's going to make me have low energy and I'm going to be too cozy for the kind of, you know, witty repartee and on my gameness that this podcast <laughs> yeah, don't requires. Don't fall asleep. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I need to do like a Letterman thing. And I've actually mm-hmm. never been in his studio. I imagine you probably have. Is it true that it's an icebox? I didn't do that show. No, no. Okay. Uh, but I've always heard that. Yeah. Well, I guess my question for you is, should I turn my heat off? Probably. 
Okay, I'm going to do it. Or just keep messing around with it. Get it get it going, then you get sleepy, and then turn it off, and then like ed- get like wired sh- again, and then when you're freezing, turn it back on. And- like edge myself? Okay, I'm going to turn it <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Temperature edging. Okay, I turned it off. I'm waiting for the little flappy thing to close. We could be waiting all day for that. Anyway, okay. You I'm- can microheat yourself. You know, I've been hearing people that my, like really? dads at my friends or at my kid's school microdose. Like yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. So that maybe just microheat or micro micro cold yourself. Yes. Except I'll think that I'm microheating myself, but then all of a sudden I'll break into a sweat. And it's like you're just regular heating yourself. No. So uh, my co-host on Childish, whom you probably know, Greg Fitzsimmons. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So he and I have a parent. We call it a parenting-ish podcast because we find ourselves like halfway in, being like. We should probably talk about our kids. We talk about our lives and marriages and all sorts of stuff, but it's right. so it's parenting ish. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think he was like a tiny bit microdosing. And I said, I don't mean a tiny bit, like a tiny amount of substance. I mean, just dabbling in the microdosing thing. Um, cause he battles micro microdosing. <laughs> yeah. Cause he battles and he's very open about battling depression. That's something we talk about right, right. on the show. Yeah, yeah. But he stopped because he, actually felt like he was just doing shrooms like it wasn't micro enough for him i think that's what this other dad is doing and he enjoys it (laughs) (laughs) like like we were at a a kid's party and he's he's just you know balls out just (laughs) shrooming yeah in the middle of the day i've actually never done shrooms it's it's funny that you say this I feel like everything and just everything is becoming cyclical in my life, at least, because shrooms just came up on the most recent episode I did. So I, this maybe oh, this wow. is the universe. I think it might be me. going around LA, though. I think it's a thing. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I want to read it as like, this is the universe telling me, Alice and Rosen, to do something versus like maybe it's just people in LA are into shrooms right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did all that sh- stuff as a kid, so like, okay. I haven't done drugs or hard drugs since the '90s, and uh, I'm not going to start. Got as it. a 56 year old dad, I'm not going to. Hey, that sounds good. I'm going to shroom too. See, that That's was just not my. That was my argument. My argument because I've like dabbled in other stuff, but I sort of steered clear of hallucinogens, other than pot that was so strong back when I went to college that it did make me hallucinate. And we're always like, was it laced? We don't know. But anyway. My feeling was like, I feel like the window for me to do shrooms closed, but I don't know. People are trying to, they're, they're wedging an elbow in there. But anyway, okay. You grew up in Sacramento, uh, and this is where you did your shrooming? Sonoma and Sacramento. Yeah, I went to high school in Sonoma and uh, college in Sacramento. And uh, yeah, more more drug experimentation in Sacramento than high school, really. Got I it. was kind of, well, I wasn't. Kind of a dork. I was a dork in high school and then didn't really get friends or get around people that even partied till like junior, senior year. Mm-hmm. And then I did some some day drinking and night drinking, yeah. but not too much else. So in your most recent special, Posana Non Grata, which is so funny and I would encourage everyone. Oh, thank you. D- tell them where they can get it. I know that it premiered uh, just as we record this, it premiered just last night, right? Yeah, it's on moment.co uh, and then uh, for two weeks and then it'll be everywhere. Okay. Uh, or maybe, no, yeah, maybe it's everywhere now once you hear this. Like, But anyway. I think it'll, I think. Look at all the usual places. If I know timing, 
which I do <laughs> since I'm in charge of when this comes out. Uh, this this will air on Monday, so it'll still be on oh, yeah, for so, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then you like too. a couple of days before Christmas, it it shows up on uh, Amazon and Roku and awesome like a million other. I looked at this list and just started to nod off. It's it's everywhere. Were you, were you like me when I'm like Deezer? What's Deezer? Yes, there's so many. I make fun of the Deezer nuts. Uh, I make fun of those. Yeah, I've come up with, hey, do you have Glip? You got to get Glip. <laughs> glip. Uh, just, just, you can just make them up. Totally. Just pull them out of your ass and they sound like real ones. Yes. Roku. Like, how did Roku or, or Quibi? Well, I remember when go- the word Google sounded funny. Because this yeah, was back in like the it ultimate. still does <laughs> it, it does but I'm so like inured to it right 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 but, it's it's our lives now but yeah yes. it's weird um I remember when people were using Twitter and they would refer to yeah <laughs> I just I'm gonna tweet what's a yes, Twitter or a tweet yeah. like 15 years ago yeah exactly. I said when people were using Twitter they're still using Twitter although many are trying to get off but no yeah when people I hear that when people were saying that like I'll use Twitter. But I'm not going to call it a tweet. And now, you know, tweet is so commonplace. Anyway, though. Okay, so back to, uh-oh, lost my train of thought. I'm going to blame the heater. I've already lost my train of thought. Sacramento drugs. Sacramento. My oh, special. No, you're special, yes. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, so you're 6'7", six, right? 6'6.6", six, six six, okay. yeah, ish. I'm I'm right there. Like you're- a wrestler, I I, uh, I fudged it a little. <laughs> okay. Um, so you're extremely tall. Uh, yes. And I was surprised to find out from your special that that didn't happen until like pretty late, right? When you're when you 18, yeah. you grew eight inches? Yeah. I had literal growing pains. So it's, it's totally true. From 18 to 19, I grew uh, from 5'10 to 6'6". Six, six. Wow. And, so uh, I was still living with my mom part of that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on a twin bed and I was like, because, like this freak. And I, you know, I would describe it in my act as like American Werewolf in London, like my bones literally just stretching while I was, you know, in, in bed. Right. And I think that you. And it was super painful. It's not, it, you know, that's why they call it growing pains. It fucking hurt. Like right. I could feel like my, my femur getting longer, like my legs got longer in a year. That probably hurt the most. I don't remember the spine, but getting longer, but mm-hmm. uh, I definitely remember my legs getting longer and that being like, you just felt like somebody's Charlie horsing you your whole night. Mm-hmm. Like, like just punching your leg over and over. Jeez. It, when you first it started feeling it, were you like, what is it? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. I, Because I, I hadn't – I had grown – I mean, I was 5'8". That's a tall kid, but uh, it hadn't been like that before. Right. So I think you in your special, you mentioned this to explain – because you say that you got – um, picked on in school and, and that well, pe- people are always like, why you're huge. How did you possibly get, big? especially guys? Cause guys just assume if you're big, you, you could also fight or you could, you know, all that other stuff, what they would do if they were my height. Right. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm basically a passive dude. Like I've never really swung on anybody in anger, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, that was a, a big thing in high school. Right. Um, so you just said uh, before when we were talking about drugs, you were saying that you really you were a dork. You really didn't have any friends, at you know, at, for for a chunk of of your youth. Ooh, 
I wrote uh, the saddest thing. You just bring it up. My uh, my freshman year, I wrote in my yearbook. I was the only person to write in my yearbook outside of a teacher. I know. Aww. It's so messed up. And I wrote that, uh, <laughs> like, you'll have friends maybe next year. Oh, my so... God. That's so sad. <laughs> yes. Like, did you write, like, Dear Brian? Did you write? Oh, it? yeah. Yeah, I still Aww. have it. Oh, my God. Is it accessible? No, it's in the garage. Okay. But, uh, yeah, under piles of shit. But, yeah, I I dragged it out a couple of years ago because I was like, did I, re- you know, misthink that or misremember that? Or did I really do that? And, yeah, I did that. I have so many things like that where I have to verify my memory of it. And oftentimes it is weirder and worse than I remember. Oh, like when I tell people some of my high school stories, they're like, were you in a John Hughes movie? Like, <laughs> like what happened to you in the 80s? It was terrible. So were you um, were you outcast? Um, I always felt like the new kid, even though like by then I'd been there since fourth grade. I moved to Sonoma from San Jose and I just still always felt like the new kid. I was weird, too. I would say weird shit. I thought weird shit, and I would say it. So some kids, even my kids that kind of were my friends, were like, I don't know. <laughs> you know I don't know about that dude. Like, And then I, I then I started to get funny. I mean, in, in high school was when it all turned around for me, and it really was like um, me being in summer school with the most popular kid. He was uh, the head of the wrestling team, and uh, everybody loved this guy, Joel. He's still one of my best friends. Uh, and... Uh, we just started talking about Pink Floyd one day, and next thing I knew, I was his friend, and it, like, saved junior and senior year. Like, it, I was like Lucas, and he was Charlie <laughs> Sheen. He's like, Lucas is cool. Quit, you know, quit calling him that and quit hitting him. When when you say that you would say weird stuff, like, what kind of, you know, quote-unquote weird little kid were you? Kind of dark. Uh, we like that's why I was drawn to heavy metal and horror and, and all the other and comic books and all that stuff because I kind of already said weird shit and right. dark shit, gallows humor. Like my my mom, the first stuff she remembers me saying is kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, did did that experience or your social experience impact your self esteem, your confidence? Uh, it did for a while, but for some reason it didn't with stand up. Like I, I don't know how I got to do what I do because I just I shouldn't have confidence, <laughs> but like I strangely do. Like that's the one thing. Like I think I found in my you know. Well, I started doing it when I was twenty one. The week I turned twenty one was my first time on stage, and I knew before then that that was something I could do. I could be funny. I could make my friends laugh. I had figured that out like the middle of high school and then definitely post high school where I would meet people. And that was what they liked about me was that I was funny. So mm-hmm. I would get that a lot. And, and so I, I kind of figured that this was something I didn't think I had any skills, but I was like, I might be able to do this. And then once I did it, I totally was confident to, to a point of, being almost a dick about it, you know. Isn't that kind of how you have to be, though? At the beginning, you kind of have to be a little cocky in the beginning, or 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 think that you know only you're funny and no one else is. You kind of have have to have a little bit of that, right? So you started doing it the week you turned twenty one, uh, up in Northern California. 
That was Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento. I was living with my grandfather and going to a junior college. And then when did um, television and movies and that kind of stuff start? So that was I started in eighty seven. I didn't get on things till probably ninety two or ninety three. Uh the first thing was uh uh MTV and then followed quickly by I moved here in uh, in ninety three and ninety four and I got uh, on um evening at the improv. Nice. That was one of the first things. And then there back in the early nineties there were so many comedy shows, they were everywhere. So like I did with the, in the next couple of years, I did a handful of them, and then I started to get on uh, sitcoms in like ninety four, ninety five. Mm-hmm. Was sitcoms, and that was just through a casting director coming to see me at at the Improv, and then literally putting me on a show two days later. Like, what was the first show? Uh, it was Empty Nest. It was oh, a yeah. sitcom that I had watched, uh, and at the time, and it was, I think it started late eighties and was still on in the mid nineties there. And it was probably one of the last seasons that I did. And um, it was to play a Miami Dolphins football fan at a, at, a, at a stadium. And they put me up with the extras. So the extras thought I was an extra. Mm-hmm. And then I had like six lines. And they, they're all freaking out. That was my first experience <laughs> with extras because they're all like, what the fuck? Like, how did you – who told you you could, you could say that? And I'm like – <laughs> How did you climb they out of really, this pool? And I didn't even know that was my first time on a set, so I just sat with them all day. And and then finally, I had somebody come over and go, "You have a dressing room," and I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> well, how down to earth uh, of you at the beginning? Yeah, and I well, I just didn't know. Like, I got the cast, I got that job. That was the first audition too. Which, like any actor that hears my story of like. This, you know, this casting director came and saw me and said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, I don't know, probably getting high all day, <laughs> but I didn't say that. Um, but uh, she was like, come, come to the studio and audition. And I came and then she goes, what are you doing tomorrow? And I went, ah, and she goes, you're coming to the show and set me up. And I was like, this is easy. <laughs> like, I'm going to be an actor now. Had you taken acting classes? A little, yeah, I'd taken, and then especially around then, um, definitely a cold reading and, and scene, scene study and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'd taken, I, I, I liked it in junior high and high school, um, but my acting coach or acting teachers did, well, my junior high one really liked me and was a really great lady, great teacher, but uh, the woman who taught high school uh, drama at Sonoma High where I went to, uh, fucking hated me wouldn't even let me be a nazi in cabaret <laughs> like why i think you'd be a great nazi <laughs> she was like you've got braces and i was like we're in high school yeah that's like you can't play an old person you don't have gray hair come on lady she didn't think i was she didn't think i was serious enough was really what it was she thought got i'd it. fuck around i probably would have so then who did, who did you end up getting a part i would have been the funny i would have been the funny nazi in cabaret no, I didn't get anything. And then, like, not even, you know, crew stuff. It wasn't – high school drama was not a good experience. They weren't welcoming. Yeah. Because I was kind of – well, I was. I was a, I was weird, but I was also – by junior, senior, I was like, I'm going to be the class clown. I'm just going to be funny all the time. And mm-hmm. that didn't go so well in certain classes. Right. Was she, like, a very serious drama teacher? New York lady, and uh, she had just moved to California, and uh, 
uh, was super into Barbra Streisand and wow, like everybody in the seventies was, but uh, or eighties. <laughs> but is she still around? Do you think that's all? I, I don't know. I haven't looked her up. I looked up the ones I liked. Yeah, because I but like I haven't I have I haven't checked in on the teachers that weren't so great. But I mean, I wonder if she knows how well you've done for yourself. I would like to think she does. I hope so. I hope she knows she's. <laughs> I hope she's listening to this. <laughs> that's right. She, Hey, lady. She just threw a coffee at the wall. <laughs> and I bet it was black coffee, right? That's probably what she <laughs> yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get back to all this. But speaking of – it sounds like I'm about to go into an ad read. I'm not. I was just going to say, we were talking about coffee. Speaking of beverages, I need to know, how do you feel about eggnog? This is a topic that's been coming up on my show lately. It's much more controversial than I would have thought. I don't know why everybody hates it. It's not like my favorite thing. But I like it, and then especially my mom always put cinnamon on it. Oh, that uh, sounds delicious. And, yeah, and it was always better, you know. Um, my wife doesn't drink it, but she buys it around this time of the year, and, and my son likes it. And mm-hmm. I haven't had any yet this year, but I'm not going to throw it against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll have some. Well, you're not going to throw it against the wall because you don't want to be like that teacher. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what's the the David Tell joke though? I always think of because he goes, uh, "I want to have a drink, but I also want pancakes." <laughs> now, because it does feel like you're eating like flour or dough or something. Totally. The way you said, "I don't know why everyone hates it," makes me realize: Did I miss a memo? Like I was not a aw- this because it's news to me. This season, it's news to me that everyone hates it, but that does seem to be the way it's trending. Yeah, I just have heard it, and then I did another podcast where they're like, what's the deal with uh, the Sklars brought it up? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's going around. Wait, did they have H- the same- Hatred of- did No, they- no, they were just like, "What do you? what's your feelings on eggnog? And I was like, uh- I'm just, I just need a moment to digest the fact that the sc- <laughs> I've been scooped by the motherfucking Sklars. <laughs> did they- And they, it was the same- the same- the same take that I do, like just how do you feel about eggnog? And they, and they both said it at the same time. <laughs> and how do they feel about eggnog? Randy and Jason. No, they both enjoy it, I think. Oh my God. <laughs> Are they available right now? Just kidding. Um, Let's call them. How recently was this? Yesterday. What is happening? <laughs> well, I was, I've been doing uh, you know, the rounds, so I've I, th- done a ton of these I know, but I didn't know my suggest. eggnog material was making the rounds, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought how unique, how whimsical, how seasonal and yet topical, but at the same time, how fun. And then it turns out the fucking Sklars are doing this, too? Fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something. Lo- Go ahead. No, what we- I love the fucking Sklars. They're nice fucking boys. I know. I was joking. I love them too. <laughs> I have been on their show. They've been on my show numerous times. I love them. Sure. I just wasn't aware that we're all talking about eggnog. <laughs> it's going around. Probably Howard Stern. I know. Is doing a segment. Well, fill in the blank. When blank talks about eggnog, then we should all be done talking about eggnog. Uh, uh, like when has it? Does, does does Wendy Williams still have a show? No, she doesn't. But I know that's oh, okay. a good one. Like, wh- did she get canceled? I so my understand no, not canceled in in the way that you mean it. In like the new new way that it's 
Right. I don't need by I people. Yeah. Not by the network. Uh no, I think it was canceled by the network, but it wasn't canceled by uh by the Frown Academy. Exactly. Um <laughs> Is that what they're called? The Frown, Frown Academy. That's a good name. That's really good. I don't know. That's the people who decide who's canceled and who's yes, not. Yes, exactly. I don't I wish I could remember. I know that I saw a long article about it and I started listening to it, which I don't normal I don't normally listen to articles, but I'm like, I'm going to this time and then I remembered why I don't listen to articles because I couldn't really focus. But I, I know that she had some health problems. Oh, okay. But oh, then well, when that happened, then. I think that that the cancellation had already been in the works. I am totally talking out of my ass. So hmm. we should uh, we should find out and offer an update on a future episode. But anyway, <laughs> no, we're going to have to find someone else. When like When will Eggnog Talk have officially jumped the shark? When, like... Hmm. Um, Corden. Yes, James Corden. I wonder what he keeps his studio at. Probably cold, right? Hmm, yeah. I've never done that show either. All right. On purpose. (laughs) For real? Yeah, let's move on, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What late night show? No, well, when Conan Conan was on, it was like no reason to do other shows. So I just did Conan for the last 15 years, and then now it's not around. It's like, hmm. I'll go do uh what's the what's the the nice guy from SNL that Seth the, Seth Meyers? Yeah, that I'll do that show again. Mm-hmm. I've done that before, so. Was it cold? Did they keep the set cold? <laughs> You're obsessed. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> I think they do because isn't that isn't he in the same Well, no, he's in the the NBC studios probably, right? 30 so. Rock probably. Or is he I don't even know. I would I would think that is where he is in uh, 30, 30 – I do they actually call it – I mean, I actually did a – I used to appear on a news show that was there all the time, and we didn't call it 30 Rock, but I think that is what they call it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of The Rock, now that's a segue. You talk a lot about nice. your, your friendship and your man crush on The Rock in your special, which I found very charming and delightful. And oh, I'm, thank you. I, I'm like – I think I stan you guys. Thanks. Uh, it that joke, it became an epic on its own. I, I think it clocks in at like eighteen minutes. It's like just, it's one of the longest jokes I've ever written. It's it's a bit. It's a chunk. Yeah. And it and it all it happened post COVID. It was the first comedy show I did post COVID. Was he happened to tweet to me that day, and it was a tweet that we had exchanged six years before. You saw the yeah. bid, and and so that joke, like, so him retweeting it, just kind of wrote itself. I took it on stage that night and held up the phone, and I said, "Look, here's the thing that happened six years ago, but then look what I got today." And then I just riffed all that stuff about you know my future with him, and then it's uh, it's grown and grown and. Then adding Jason Momoa in and, and Roman Reigns. And and it's also like I, I involved my wife in the story, which she is totally – she hears all my jokes before anybody mm-hmm. so uh, and, and has for, for quite a while. So like I bring her in on the story and, and the joke telling. Is there any uh, – have there, has there been a time where she's like, I would rather you don't say that on stage or – yeah. No, oh. no, but there was there was a joke that she cringed every time and she goes, people are going to think that's real because everybody thinks that everything you say is real. And, and uh, <laughs> it was about uh, 
anal sex on Jesus' birthday and having anal sex on Christmas. And so she's like, great. Now everybody thinks we have anal sex on Christmas. <laughs> so do We you, don't. Do you, but, <laughs> do you not do it but anymore? But it was the thing I put out there. No, the joke is super old. It's like 15 years ago. But at the time, she was like, ah, oh, I sweat when you start that joke. And I'm like, so, sorry, honey. <laughs> How did you meet your wife? Uh, through, uh, she was, she still is a manager. She's in the management business, but she, um, was working for my manager at the time and showed up at a new year's Eve party. He and I lived together and we're still like really close. He's still my, one of my best friends and was my best man. But, uh, I was like, who's that? And she was just super cute and I didn't talk to her. And then, uh, I would talk to her when I would call him. Because she was his assistant for a little bit before she became a manager. And uh, that was how my courting process was me just <laughs> calling and pretending to need to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to her about stuff and bullshit. And then she'd hand me over to him and he'd go, what's going on? I'm like, I don't need you. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to her. So. so then at what point did you actually ask her out in the uh, uh, ruse? couple weeks couple months it took i so we met in january and i think our first date was like march and uh, we went to uh just see a friend's band and then our first real date was to see tool oh, so she's uh, into music saw, too yeah yeah so we saw tool at the palladium in um in la and i actually got to bring them up so it was bonus points like i'm friends with the band so <laughs> we got to go for free but their whole thing was, you have to introduce us. So I went and introduced them. And so I totally got bonus points from that. And it wasn't, it wasn't calculated, but it worked out. Right. That was like my husband and my now husband and my first date. Um, he got recognized by, uh, by someone and like that never happens to him. Um, he had co-written a graphic novel and like that, but. It just in the whole time I've been with him, that has not ever happened. But it happened to happen that night, and he's always like, "I was so lucky that that had happened that night, <laughs> right. the first time I was like hanging out with him." Um, okay, uh, another important thing that we need to discuss now. I don't know if the Sklars also brought this up. I think this is a passion of theirs too. I'm sure they did bowel movements. Okay, I know they did a whole documentary about it. Um. But in your special, you mention, and this is sort of just a, a casual aside, that you're not one of those people who can't shit anywhere. You can pretty much shit anywhere. Yeah, I don't want to, and it grosses me out, yeah. but I but I can get it done. Yeah. and I, I think, I don't say it in the special, but I've said before, I could shit on other shits <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was forced to. Yeah. Now, I am a lady- so I don't ever shit. But if I were, I could <laughs> right. also probably deal with a variety of situations, except I really don't want to handle like an outhouse at a festival, which I don't I don't even find myself at festivals anymore. I remember going to my last all day festival. I don't know when it was, but I remember thinking, I think I'm done with all day festivals. So I did hit a point. But if it's a gross bathroom, no, I don't want to be in it. But for the most part, yeah. I'm not like super precious about it. Um, I think going to college broke me of because what am I going to do? Like, whole, not use the bathroom for a whole semester. But my thing is like, I don't understand actually people who can only use their own bathroom. Do you understand that? No, that's why I make fun of that because I do have a friend. I, I 
I say in my act where my buddy goes, I can't shit at your house. I'm like, I could shit at your house. Yeah. I could shit in every room of your house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have a buddy who, you know, has to take care of it. But yeah. that's why when I first saw that movie, American Pie, and they called the one guy shit break, where <laughs> I thought that was so funny because I was like, that's a thing I'd never seen nailed, but I definitely know people like that. Yeah. That have weird. How do you live? Like, how that's, do you, you know? That's what I wonder. It would see, I think you'd be so <sighs> limited. Yeah. You can't go five hours away from your house or yeah uh, right. and especially if you're eating questionable food or- yeah i know um okay so so let's go back to back to the career arc so the casting director comes to one of your shows uh invites you to be in a sitcom the next day empty nest did you get to meet you know Dinah Manoff, Christy McNichol. Oh yeah, everybody was there. Yeah, yeah. And my uh, my scenes were with the two older guys on the show, David Leisure or Leisure, and, yes. and uh, uh, the the older from Mulligan, Soap. Richard uh, Richard Mulligan. Yeah. He was so great. Yeah, and I had so many. Uh, I worked with Ed Asner and uh, Tom Selleck. I worked with so many crazy like because in then the next ten years. I got to do like practically every '90s sitcom. Um, right? Were you on Friends? Yeah. Who did second season? Who did you play on? I'm. I I I um, asked because I know this, and now I'm blanking. Who did you play on Friends? I don't have a beard. I I show up in like a, um, like an army jacket to. Uh, I, I work for the the soap opera that Joey's on. Oh yeah. Joey gets Joey gets fired for saying that he delivers. Yeah, that he writes everything. And I deliver him the script, and he's like, "What? I die?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just deliver the scripts." I think that's actually the, literally the line. And you remember? But yeah, that was super fun. That's what I was going to ask. What was your experience on that show like? They were cool. They were, but uh, the, the, the three of the actors were super supportive, and three weren't. But uh, but the the people that were cool were were really cool. Oh my god! What kind of unsupportive were the other three? They just. Uh, people like when you're, when you're a guest actor on a show, people sometimes are welcoming and sometimes they're not. And, uh, they, three people, I don't remember even being said hello to, uh, oh and goodness. I had the same team. Oh, I did, you know, Kirstie Alley, rest in peace. But, uh, same thing when I did her show and I did a scene with her and she didn't say hi to me. Like we're acting. For, are you talking about Veronica's closet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just you never know. You never know how people were. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stress in sitcoms and shit. So I don't really judge people for that. Right. But it's happened. Interesting. You know, and then the coolest one ever was Seinfeld. Like, yeah. What were final like? season, four episodes left, and Jerry could not have been cooler. Like, he went out of his way to be cool to me. Oh, and so I think cool. it was part because he knew I was a comedian, and I had auditioned for them three times before. So, um, and every time he was in the room with Larry David and they would tell me, hey, keep coming back. Don't get discouraged. Like, if we don't give you this part, come back. No one fucking does that mm-hmm. except for those two guys. Like, the two biggest guys of the 80s and 90s and whatever we couldn't have been nicer in the room. That's so nice. Okay, so so Jerry was super nice. What were the other people um, in the cast like? Oh, they were all great. Yeah, super great. And my, my scene was with Kramer and the little guy. Mm-hmm. 
Danny, <laughs> Danny, Danny Woodburn's the actor. I forget the character name, but uh, Danny was, I knew through comedy. I already knew him. Right. And so we showed up and I'm like, Hey man. And we were, you know, and then we just had a blast with Michael Richards for a week. Yeah. Like just even rehearsing the scenes. I'd be crying, laughing, and just but being professional about it, you know. Right. Because he was he was so fucking fucking funny, even with the script in his hand. Just you know, um, it was great. I, I'm just thinking about what you what you said about how unwelcoming the friend some. You did not say the friends cast was unwelcoming. You said some of them were super welcoming, and some of them were you know doing yeah. their own thing. And it's reminding me, I had um, Pamela. But they were huge. That was yeah. second season, and they that was when they were uh, in their defense. You know, there was press everywhere. Right. It was crazy. Everyone had that Jennifer Aniston's haircut. That show was massive. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I'm remembering I had Pamela Adlon on my show, and I was asking her about her experience on Facts of Life. Because Facts of Life was, like, my number one favorite sitcom forever growing up. It's I, Wait, was she on as, like, a, a kid actor on that? Yeah, she played Kelly. Um, so, h- how well do you know Facts of Life? I know her, but I didn't know Facts so of Life. I, Pamela, I know Facts of Life pretty well. Okay, so her name was Pamela Seagal at the time. And oh, it was, she yeah, played okay. like a street street urchin, street rough, who kind of comes into it's when they're at Edna's Edibles and she comes into the shop and she shoplifts and then she um looks she befriends Joe and looks up to Joe and tells Joe that she's like doing it to impress Joe. Um, is this like final season or one no, of the No, it was seasons? in the middle, actually. Because it's oh, okay. when they're at Edna's huh. Edibles. It's not when they're at the novelty store. And it's when Mrs. Garrett oh, is still right. there. And then okay. she says that she's part of a street gang. But then it turns out that she's actually like fairly wealthy. Um, and it's like... And then she came back <laughs> okay. and was on for a whole season, though. But But she said... That her experience, and this broke my heart because I love that show. Um, it, I don't, I'm trying, I don't want to put words in her mouth because I don't know how explicit she was, but this is like my episode. People can go listen to the episode. It was at the beginning of, of this pod, of my doing this podcast. So this is probably like 2013 or 2014, but, um, or 2012 even. But I think that it was not the most positive experience for her because. That cast was like really bonded with each other. They were doing their own thing. And I, the sense I got was that it was just maybe like not super easy for them to, you know, have someone new in the right. world. So, right. And then, and high school kids too. They were young. Yeah. Like probably. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember yeah. Aisha Tyler has also commented on what it was like oh. coming into the friends fold too. I've known Aisha forever, both San Francisco. So, yeah. Nice. I used to see her at open mics in the early days. Yeah. Um, what was like, this is a little bit of a gossipy question, but what was, uh, is there one set or one experience that was just like the worst? Hmm. Uh, yeah, probably, probably Veronica's closet. Mm. Cause no one was there. Well, no, there were a couple of guys on the show, uh, God, that guy, that MTV VJ, uh, um, he was like the rock and jock kind of guy. Rock and jock. I can't remember his name. He was Jesse really Camp? popular. Carson Daly? <laughs> no, no, no. He was more of an athlete guy. He was a really good, like traditionally good looking, taller guy. Uh, that got it, got a lot of work around then. And he was on Veronica's, uh, 
closet where he was a regular, but I can't. Was he? And he was an athlete. Yeah, it, he was like an like long blonde at the beginning of like extreme sports long, kind of guy. He had hair. like a no dark dark long hair, dark long hair. Um, I can't remember the dude's name. I can for some reason, up, Peter but. King is coming to mind, but that's not who you're talking about. Peter King was a surfer, uh, though. Um, it's like, but anyway, yeah. he was one of the only guys that was cool to me on the set, and uh, it's just a weird thing, you know. And you're, uh, I always try to stay out of the way, mm-hmm. like when I did Big Bang and whatever show it is, what you know, because that show was huge too when I came on it. So, especially now, and then even back then, I think even back then, I would like. I'm a shy guy, so it's I immediately go to that, and I always have a book with me. So, you know, I would be sitting in my chair, sitting in my dressing room, and just being as out of the way as possible. Right. Well, and I still had a couple of experiences where people just weren't friendly. I'm looking up Veronica's closet. It's like Peter. Some uh, I know we're going to see it and go. God damn it! I know. I know we are too. Dan Cortez. Yes. Yes. And Dan Cortez was married to Daisy Fuentes, right? Oh, were they? I Well, I associate them, but now there's some blonde person. But she's with Yeah, she's with um Richard that, Marks. That pop artist now, Richard Marks. Yeah. I think that Being he was amazing together on Twitter. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I he was cool. Yeah. Okay, good. What was your scene with Wait, so what was Kirstie Alley like aside from unwelcoming though? Just like cold and just like I'm a human and I'm yeah. right next to her and nothing, you know? And then, and I got laughs. She didn't, I, I could tell her and Kathy and Jimmy didn't think I was funny, but, uh, cause you can tell when somebody doesn't think you're funny, but, yeah. uh, um, the, you know, director did. So it was just a weird experience. Right. Oh, that sounds. And you're just like, you're just like, I can't wait to be done and, <laughs> and just get the fuck out of here. Was it just for one week that you were there? Yeah. Just a guest part, you know, but that was the only one that it really sticks out and all the all the other ones that I did that where it was just like, ooh, yeah. I don't feel comfortable here. And then what was Mr. Show like? Oh, that was a bunch of idiot friends just working together. It was the most fun thing ever. Sure, we fought and, you know, because we would get really passionate about our ideas. And uh, that was still my favorite job I've ever had. That really? working for Sarah Silverman, yeah. doing Sarah Silverman program is my uh, my favorite sitcom I did definitely. And then Mister Show is my favorite other job, but still tw- twenty something years later. <laughs> um, can we talk about your two dogs for a moment that come up in your special? Yeah, one of them's snoring right behind me. Is that Mavis? No, that's uh, fuckface shit pants. <laughs> So for anyone who hasn't seen the special, which I imagine it's most people given the, the timing of this. There, there she is. Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's she's super cute. What kind she's is she? She's a King Charles. She's a King Charles Cavalier. That's what I have. The whole time there. I was wondering what. So you you and your wife have two dogs. I love her. I love her. I just tease her. And she does take my food. And it does annoy me. But I'm a, I'm the hugest dog lover. I you know I I in the act I play it real up that because yeah. my other dog's over here you can't see her but mm-hmm. uh, I have a Bernese Mountain dog too, and that's she's like my best friend and during COVID uh, we bonded together like uh, we had a 
a, a woman that worked for Caesar Milan come over when she when I first got my puppy oh, yeah. because she was so destructive. Mm-hmm. Because when you get a puppy that's huge, ten pounds one week, twenty pounds the next week, and you know it's just growing, they're even more destructive than a regular sized puppy. And she was ripping uh, door jams apart, um, ripping uh, patio furniture up. And so we had uh, this woman that worked for the Caesar Milan come over. And then ever since then, since she was one, like me and this dog, like bonded hard. <laughs> so I call her my sweet angel, my teddy bear come to life. And her name's Mavis. And then the joke is that my wife's dog is fuckface shit pants. <laughs> um, well, it's funny but- because we have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named Wendy. And she also steals food. Maybe that's a Cavalier thing. I don't know. Uh, it, it's weird that dogs do have that, you know, traits because Mavis, the other one, has things that we see online that other Bernieses do. They're really stubborn. They don't like to come inside when they're outside. Right. Like, you have to practically go out and lift them to bring them <laughs> in. It, it's like if it's raining or snowing, they want to be out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, on walks, she'll just take a break in the middle of the walk. And then you got a 100-pound dog that you can't budge. <laughs> Uh, but, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so, but yeah, I think the Cavaliers must have that. Uh, yeah, they'll climb up on furniture to get food and yeah, she'll just take things. We, um, we, so Wendy has a crate and she likes her crate. So when we're eating, we just put her in the crate because otherwise it's like impossible. Like I look at people who just have nor- a normal house where they can just eat and their dog just hangs out and isn't a maniac about it. And I think, what is that like? Because if you're eating around Wendy, she will, I, I would, it's not begging because to me, begging is like a dog, like sitting on its hind legs, like whining. I don't, she, she'll just, she'll be in your face. Oh, I mean, that's, I think it's a thing because <laughs> yeah. that's what this one okay, does. Yeah. And, and barking and just like it pawing makes at food. you. Yes. She makes your, she'll make your life hell till you give her some. It makes food not, <laughs> not a fun experience. Like until you get her out of the room or, yes. yeah. 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 We don't crate her anymore. We should still. I, she's eight now, but it, Ours yeah, is it was, eight. the first year. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. How is uh I know I know that she's not your passion like the other one so I'm forcing you to talk about your the one you care less about but how's her health Oh she's good Good yeah. okay Ours no, is on no, heart no meds issues. now Oh I'm sorry Thank you right. she's doing okay though Um so listen I uh take questions from people and I have some questions that people wrote in with Uh I'm on Patreon patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you can go all sorts of fun stuff there's rewards there's bonus episodes of my Patreon podcast which is called The Friend Zone uh and then you can see videos of the Thursday show that's my group show um this video will be on YouTube youtube.com slash Allison Rosen go there subscribe uh oh this is a call to action within a call to action which is just going to confuse people back to patreon there's also uh photo outtakes and there's a level where you can uh send me text messages and i'll text you back go check it out if you go for an annual subscription you get two months free but anyway um i solicited questions on patreon and we have a song When we ask, they send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans
Okay, so Brian J says, was his character in The Mandalorian given any kind of backstory? Um, no, but we talked about it on set. Uh, I was there with uh, John Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni, who uh, also is a co-creator mm-hmm. and I think directed that episode, the first one. Um, but um, yeah, we talked about it just briefly, like joked around that, you know, he's like a space Uber guy. That's I, I said that uh, he was going to sell this uh, or, you know, was going to get his own land speeder because he's been working for somebody else forever. And, you know, he has dreams <laughs> or had dreams before the Ravenac got him. Um, Seth Eisenberg wants to know, how did you break into comic book writing? Was being a comedian slash actor helpful or a hindrance? Oh, super helpful. So it was just through being around Image Comics and uh, the people that work for them and Marvel Comics at Comic-Con. I've been going to Comic-Con. I didn't miss one till COVID. So uh, I've been going since 95. Damn. um, With a couple of nerdy friends back then, guys that were on The Simpsons and uh, just sort of met – all these other people met all these people that work for, you know, image. And, and so when I came up with an idea with my writing partner at the time, it, we knew that we had a home there. And then with Marvel that came from them just eventually at one point going, Hey, do you want to write Deadpool? What would you, what would you do with Deadpool for a year? And then, so we had to, you know, not jump through hoops, but we had to pitch out like what the first year would be like. And we know we were, I don't know who I was up against, but I know we, uh, they were looking at a couple other writers for the job and we got it and did it for four years. Was that fun? Super fun. I mean, as a nerd too, like I, I love writing. Writing is one of my favorite things that I do. And, um, to write comic books, to, to grow up with them and to think, you, I never, ever thought I would have anything to do with Marvel yeah. and to know that I did now. And, you know, and I have all these hard covers on my shelf and all the stuff that I did that says Marvel on mm-hmm. it. Like it's, it's one of the coolest things I've gotten involved with. Is your son impressed? Yeah. Super. Yeah. He likes almost all the things I like. So oh, that's cool. he got to, he got to go to Mandalorian, uh, premiere with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently we went to the weird Al premiere. Like he, he, for a nerdy kid, he has <laughs> the perfect life. Like he's met Danny Elfman, you know, he's met, uh, you know, when, one of the first things, he, uh, when he was a little, little guy, we were, uh, walking into Patton Oswalt's house. Uh-huh. And my son's in my arms. He's two. And Patton goes, hey, Rhodes. Hey, buddy. To my son. Uh-huh. That's my son's name, Rhodes. And uh, he, Rhodes says hi to him. And we walk by. And my son at two leans into my ear and goes, Ratatouille? And I go, yeah, that's Ratatouille. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're friends with Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Uh- but so he's kind of known. And now it's, you know, now it's weird. And plus now, you know private school and and all that shit. So the, he's around other kids that are more famous or parents are more famous. So. Right. But, but for a while, actually he was famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now he goes to high school with, or, or goes to school with LeBron James's kids. So it's like, I'm not that famous. <laughs> You're still tall though. Yeah. Um, oh, I could take LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Bruns says, can he share the backstory on how he ended up in the red fang videos? 
Uh, same label and just being friends. We were, I was uh, working with Relapse Records uh, for a couple of records there. And uh, the their Portland label and a Portland band. And it just met him through there. And uh, we've performed together. And I was in two videos. Cool. Um, and I'm a fan. I'm actually a fan of that stuff. So I was listening to um, – I'm blanking on the name. I was listening to your – the 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 music album that you put out in 2020 remind me that oh grandpa metal yes so good oh thank you i really enjoyed it um okay let me find we got pretty screwed by covid we didn't get to tour it and i i really think it could have done better if i would have been able to tour but uh i'm gonna write another one down the road and try to do that again have you played the songs live uh only like a handful of places. I did a, a couple of things with Scotty and uh, acoustic and live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andy Darer says, just let him know that I met someone who had a background in theater, but his current gig was acting out medical issues at a hospital. And I said, like that Seinfeld episode, and he had no clue what I was talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw this one online actually today. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't know if that's a real NYU thing. I'd I'd love to ask NYU medical students if that's something they really did. Right. But you would think it came from somewhere. Uh, it must. Have. Yeah. Seinfeld writers usually, you know, would get their ideas from like a real thing that they're making fun of. So right. I would imagine somebody does that. Uncle Doofus says, what does he think of the current state of heavy metal and hard rock music? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. Uh, I, I still listen to a lot of stuff. There's there's some cool new stuff. You just got to look for it. Uh, I am totally open as as a man as old as I am. And I my favorite bands are the same bands I liked when I was 15 years old. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still open to new stuff. And I always check out new bands. And especially now, I have a, um, a regular radio show on Gimme Metal. So... For that, it's called Grandpa's Metal Stash, but I still try to stay timely. And I'm, che- you know, uh, one of my favorite records of last year is this band Turnstile. They're they're young uh, hardcore band uh, out of the East Coast, and I really dig them. Yes, I. And, uh, I'm sorry for I don't know. If- I don't know if the camera was you know on me or you. You've heard them? I've heard of them. Okay, so I followed this guy, Brian Diaz, who's a guitar tech and a musician. Uh, he, for anyone who's like, that sounds familiar, he's really good friends with my producer, Tony Thaxton, Motion City Soundtrack. He's been on, Brian has been on my show, and he has posted about Turnstile a bunch. I'm pretty sure it's Turnstile. He's, Brian yeah, is now. Yeah, they're post, yeah. it's uh, kind I'm of like, uh, post-punk hardcore. Okay. I'll, yeah, I would like them. And they grew up on a. I can tell that what made me like them is I heard like breakdowns and and uh, stuff that just sounded like some bands that I liked in the early '90s, like Leeway and mm-hmm. Sick of It All, and uh, a couple of New York hardcore bands. So uh, that's what made me like them. And I like all types of metal. I like really, you know, my favorite metal of all time is like Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm. The mainstream stuff is always what I've liked the most. Right. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that's like, no, it's it's Norwegian and it sounds like uh, you know it's a, a refrigerator dropping off a cliff. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> some weird obscure heavy metal. It's I, I like. 
I like guitars and drums and, uh, you know, songs. Right. I like songwriting. When everyone started talking about Mastodon, I actually tweeted that. I tweeted the cover of a Mastodon album, and I'm like, it's taken me forever to realize people aren't talking about this. When they're talking oh, about right. Mastodon, yeah, like the yeah, me too. That's I don't really know what it is outside of that. It sounds like that band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a play. It's a it's, it's a new Twitter kind of kind thing, of. Yeah. Although it's actually been around for a while, and it's like the it's not centralized, and it's actually quite confusing. And I'm on it, but hmm. not really on it. And I don't know. Um, okay, uh, Wes says. Is Bill Mosley as menacing in real life as Otis Driftwood? Who are these people? No, he's the nicest guy. So he was that's the uh, Devil's Rejects, the killer in Devil's Rejects, and and he shoots me in the face in that. Mm. And uh we had so much fun shooting that thing. <laughs> like more fun than you should, uh acting out hor- horrifying situations, you know, like I'm laying with other dead bodies and we're just like laughing and you know. Um I like to break it down like this. So I was f- I was uh, on Devil's Rejects for five days. So I had two days of dialogue, one day where I got killed, and then two days where I played a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my week. And Devil's but Rejects, it was, that was uh, Rob Zombie? Yeah, his second, his second movie before he did the Halloweens. You know. Got it. It's, it's like 15 or 16 years old now, but... It's seen as like uh, in the horror world, it's one of the big ones. It's uh, a huge fan base. It's crazy. Like people will come to my shows with like a giant poster that they've had signed by everybody else because I don't go to horror cons, not on purpose, but I just, I, I'm not out there signing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the heart, one of the hardest people to get. When someone approaches, I imagine you, you must get stopped everywhere you go right because you're pretty recognizable yeah not in the valley though not at home not really uh, and when i'm out yeah and if i'm in somebody else's town they freak the fuck out you know <laughs> like like what are you doing here and, but um in my own town not really like and i uh i'm losing weight i'm i i, I gained a lot i'm really big on the special and I've I've lost thirty five pounds since then. And I walk up and down Ventura Boulevard, and I'm I'm sure somebody must recognize me, but yeah. I don't like hear people yelling "bird" out the window or whatever <laughs> the you know any character names. So um, you have a a joke in your special that I I feel like there's people who are gonna like just stand up and cheer and be like yes when you say that you previously had lost like a lot of weight. I don't. See, now I'm in that weird thing where it's like, I don't want to do your joke, and I also don't want to mess up your joke. But you'd lost a bunch of weight, and like, well, now I don't want to step on it. You know where I'm headed with this, right? Just let me just oh, very the much throwaway thing where I go, it's super easy. All you got to do is completely change your lifestyle. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, weight loss is one of the fucking hardest things. Anybody who deals with it, I, my heart's with them because, like, it's the worst. And I was a skinny kid my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, like, getting into my 40s when weight kind of wouldn't go away i was like what is this you know and my mom always went i talk about it in the act yeah. but always went out of her way to let me know one of the last things she said to me <laughs> is uh, you're the fattest you've ever been did that how did but, uh how did that make you feel well there's a reason i'm 
here talking to you. <laughs> like that's we pretty much just boiled everything down. That's why I uh, became a comedian is because of things like that that were said to me my whole life. So was she critical? Oh yeah, it would say, but also like maybe didn't know how mean she was sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things that she said to me where it was like you couldn't possibly have like not known. Right. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to steer it that too hard that way, but uh yeah, no. Got it. Do you have siblings? There's a reason. Do you have siblings? No, only child. Oh, so you alone got to soak up all the yeah, and then there was stuff like, oh, and to think I wanted more children. Like, that was a thing that was said to me once. Or not once, but a handful of times. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, that's hard. Well, well, no, it's good. I got a career. That's you true. Know? <laughs> I might have been boring if she hadn't done that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, So... I do a segment called Just Mirror Everyone, where people write in with things they think or do. And I also ask my guests, do you have a Just Mirror Everyone? And we have a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Do you have a Just Mirror Everyone, Brian? Yeah, and it, fitting the theme, mine's kind of dark. Well, one of them. It's, so the two things I think of um, when I'm in a bathroom and I'm leaving, it's super hard for me to not in a public bathroom mm-hmm. to not turn the lights off just <laughs> just to be a dick. Oh, is there anybody else? <laughs> I thought you were going to say out of habit, but um, no, I'm sure you're not. Like seeing seeing feet underneath, uh-huh. because I've done I've done it before to be a dick. To, yeah, yeah, just cause, and then turn it back on, but but gotten fuck, you know that kind of thing, <laughs> right? Like, gotten angry people. Anybody else? Uh, or am I am I kind of a sociopath? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll find out when people write in and let us know. I, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm voting sociopath, but I'm just me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. The other one is we used it in a, a Sarah Silverman episode, but um, I used to I. I haven't seen this. I haven't been in public where or where it's come up. But every time I see a cop's gun, I, I wonder what that would be like to take it out of their their holster and replace it with something. <laughs> we we did it in the episode where I I put a guy's I put a banana in a guy's <laughs> holster because he was at a grocery store, and that was from a real urge that could have gotten me in big trouble. But anybody else? That cannot be just you. <laughs> That cannot be just yeah. That feels like it. That's an everyone thing. That's a well. Like, the writing room. The writing room. All, all. You know. Yeah. Loved it. So it wound up being an episode. So right. Yeah. That, it must be not just me. That's the equivalent of like standing on the subway platform and being like, "What if I just jumped? Or what if I fell onto the tracks? Or you know?" I think. Right. 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 Um, I once it this to go dark for a moment. It was a very dark. Uh, I was. It was a very dark time of my life. I was in. Um. I was just very, I was sad and I was, well, people who follow me know my, my dog who was like my child, <laughs> uh, had, had died and I was just really, really, really sad. And I was mm-hmm. in a hotel room and there was a balcony and it, some balconies, you look at them and they feel safe. And this one just felt like, this seems like the kind of balcony where I could just hop on over it. And I was not suicidal, but I was just like, 
I couldn't let myself get near the balcony because I couldn't get rid of this thought of like, what if something just compels me to jump? What if something just compels me? And it was the weirdest thing. That's not just you. Yeah. No, I've had that. Yeah, I've had that for sure. Is it when you have been feeling sad? No, I think it's more that being in a place like that where it's uh, it's kind of unsafe. Yeah. It was, and you're like, oh, I could do – it would be very easy. Right. Yeah. But I think I think we were at Treasure Island in Las Vegas, so it's like I I can't I can't imagine it really was as unsafe as it appeared to my eyes because I can't imagine they would leave themselves that legally exposed. But anyway, okay, right. a question just came in, but I'm going to read it because I think um I think you'll like it. Okay, it's from Mark Blutman, and he says, "What did you think of the director of Doubting Thomas (parentheses Spy School)? Because I know the director loved Brian." Oh, uh, that was a fun experience. Huh. Well, there we go. Random. I'm, I'm glad I read, <laughs> I'm glad I read it because it, <laughs> it was so moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was uh, – I can't remember the director's name, but that was a long time ago, 15 probably years ago. Dale Hughley and I were in that, and it was we shot it in um, New Mexico. Mm. And it was a kid's movie that – bounced around and had a couple different titles, I think, and then finally was called Spy School. Got it. Um, okay. Here are some that were sent in on Twitter. So you can tweet your own Just Me or Everyone to at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Uh, okay. And Elise says, I immediately want to listen to certain bands as soon as the seasons change. For instance, fall is for my morning jacket and Interpol, Just Me or Everyone. I don't know that I'm the only way I'm seasonal with my music is like wanting to listen to Christmas songs around Christmas. Um, yeah, that's probably it for me too, and maybe Halloween stuff. Yeah, but I am but that's, very. That's kind of it. I'm very like I will get into a f- phase where all of a sudden I'll remember an album that I haven't listened to in a long time, and then I'll just like listen to it nonstop. I don't I don't mix up my music too much. I'm like very into something and then I move on or I don't move on. I have a bunch of regulars that I go to, but yeah, there will be where I'll have a thought and that'll make me go, oh, I haven't listened to that in forever. Yeah. Um, and then like I listen to Metallica pretty often, but if I'm in the Bay Area, even more so, like if I'm walking around San Francisco, I'm practically only listening to Metallica just because – I all my sense memories are attached to you know being a Metallica fan there and, right. and you know you know actually being on the street battery and hearing playing that song and so that's a place where when I'm there it's like I kind of want to listen to them the whole time. Um, sell the team, Bob says. Just mirror everyone. People that don't pull forward enough in a drive-through line to let you order are the worst. And then there's a picture of them in a car, like not really being able to pull. There's like a big gap in front of the car in front of them. Um, sure. I guess those people are the worst. I mean, there's worse people, but it's not cool behavior. Oh, it's up there for me. Okay. Uh, have I shared you mine though? I think I talk about mine in my special. The, mm-hmm. the, Oh no! Oh, that's the fuck you people. Yeah, or the, it is. Uh, although we're not there yet. We're yeah, not, yeah. Although this because that's kind of that's one of those kind of things. People that do that. Because this person, I have a I have a Chick Fil A in my neighborhood, and 
it is so goddamn annoying because people are lined up for that thing all day long. And they're, you know, I try to drive by, it's on my street and it's become super, super annoying. And people are like parked in the middle or, you know, car hanging out. We're just trying to go to our houses while they're getting their delicious chicken. Mm. See, that person actually began the tweet with hashtag JMOE, just mirror everyone, and then put a hashtag, hey, 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 go fuck yourself at the end. I feel like they're trying to have it both ways, but I say let's move on. Do you have okay. do you have a hey go fuck yourself? So Oh absolutely. Okay. Yes, let's hear your uh your hey go fuck yourself. Guys at the airport wearing flip flops. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I don't even understand like how you leave your house in the morning. Cause I, I fly all the time, sometimes, you know, for a while there once a week. Mm-hmm. Or twice a week coming back, um, too. But, uh, yeah, man. And I've got it all worked out. I know what I take with me. I take the same stuff every time I wear, I wear comfortable, uh, flying out, especially if I'm going to the East Coast and I'm going to be on a plane for five and a half, six hours, or I'm going to Hawaii, wherever I'm going. Even if I'm going somewhere short, like I'm in comfortable clothes, I wear my walking shoes and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, but flip flops, I. Why do you agree? Is that something that it, are you grossed out at all if you see a dude doing that? And the, because then you've got to go through the Total Recall machine with your with your flip flops off. Yeah. You're barefoot. Right now, you're barefoot in a public place. Yeah. Um. And you should be beaten for that. I think. <laughs> I don't have the hatred that you do, but I don't understand. It feels a little bit like. Does your does your foot need to be free? What's good? Does your foot not want to be caged? Like, and also, are they? I can't imagine they're that much more comfortable. For me, if I for me flip flops, and I know you you're not even a flip flop at the beach person, but for me, flip- no, and I'm not. But it's also just men. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not I'm not judging of women at all. But I don't uh, find them to be that comfortable. For me, flip flops are around a pool or at a beach only maybe in a vacation destination a little bit, but I like for the most part, they're not that I would never want to wear them in an airport. I would be cold. They're not comfortable. They they literally make that noise. That's why they're called flip flops because they just do that constantly while you try to walk in them. You can't run in Mm -hmm. them. You can't, you know, like why I don't get it. Like wear the van slip on. I won't do that. I wear van slip ons at home, but I don't want to be barefoot at the airport. So I won't wear the van slip on. But I mean, there's so many other shoe choices <laughs> I would inv- that I could also be mad at. I would but- invite anyone, if you're a dude and you wear flip-flops at the airport and you're hearing this now, please let us know why. You can contact me, show at gmail.com or better yet, tweet it because then Brian can see it too and hashtag flip-flop. Rationale. I mean, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be guys that just have never thought about it. And God bless them. I wish I could not. I wish my brain didn't <laughs> go to where it goes. But like, you know, it's a dude that just goes, look, they're comfortable. I just like wearing them. You know, that's that's what a guy's going to say. But fuck you. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that I want to talk to that guy. 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, I say in my act, I'll respect you less if you come to my house and flip flops, and yeah. definitely yeah, at the airport. Hey, what about like slides? Because there's men who wear slides. That's like just wearing shower shoes. Yeah, but most of those guys wear socks. Oh, okay. They're not wearing slides barefoot. I guess like right. a lot of guys yeah. wear the those Adidas slides, but then they're also wearing socks and. That's their own look, and and you know, but uh, that's not what I'm mad no, about. No, you just don't want to see men's hairy toes. Yeah, or bare feet. Yeah, just in public. Right. All right. So then, here's where at home I I look at them. I'm that's my fetish. I actually look at men's. <laughs> that's why you don't want to see them. It's too much for you. <laughs> yeah. So hey, men at the airport wearing flip flops. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Nice. I think they'll think again before <laughs> yeah. ever letting I hope their so. sweaty tootsies hit that gross airport floor. Brian, Post- the best has been there's been a couple people in my audience wearing flip flops, oh, no. and it's been it's been fun. Like like I see a guy, a guy made it real clear he was in the front row, mm-hmm. and he put his feet up, and I was like, "You fucker!" This whole time. You know, it's funny yeah, during super fun. during your special. I hope I don't think this is giving anything away. There is a there's like a audience participation light, but you seem delighted by it. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Well, in my yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. They're they're rowdy. It's a bar. Um, I don't. Yeah, there's not straight heckling in that set, but. Yeah, there are there is a little bit of audience participation. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but when they're there for my show, I I know they're not yelling, you know, bad stuff. They're, it's mostly like woo, you know. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that, but you know, um, I was listening to older specials recently, and there's always stuff like one of my favorite David Tell specials. The crowd is super rowdy. Um, I was listening to Comedy's Not Pretty, Steve Martin, one, I think his third one, his third record, and there's all sorts of like random voices that they left in. And so it's, you know, it's part of the live experience. Yeah, it was interesting. It was the kind of thing where as a viewer, I heard someone in the audience yell back something. I, it was something like you said, you know, this is not what it was, but in essence, like, I'm not blah, blah, blah. And then the person yelled like, yeah, you are or something like that. Um, and it was the, uh, for a moment I was like, oh, I wonder. How- oh, that was the one I left that one in because it was great. That's the one where I go, I don't want to fuck the rock. And the guy goes, yeah, you do. Yeah. And that, that one stayed in just because of anything somebody could have yelled at me. That one just fit. And it was perfect. <laughs> right. And, and I reacted okay to it. So, you know, I kept in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one stayed in. They were just a, kind of a rowdy crowd in general. Mm-hmm. Those two shows at the Beat Kitchen. Yeah, but yeah, but it was funny because I was like, "Oh, I wonder how he's how he's going to react." But then it seemed like you were amused by it. Yeah, that one was a good one. Yeah. Well, Brian Posehn, it was so nice talking to you. Thank you so yeah, I had a good much. Time. Um, Listen, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a review. Uh, click five stars. Tell your friends. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to my other podcasts, the aforementioned Childish and Upworthy Weekly, my lighthearted news podcast that comes out on Saturdays. Subscribe uh, on you. Subscribe to this YouTube.com slash 
Allison Rosen. You can see videos and shorts and stuff. I already mentioned Patreon. I'm on Cameo. Um, Brian, tell them where to find your special, plug anything else you'd like to plug, etc. Yeah, so right now it's uh, moment.co, but then it'll be everywhere, Posein and on Grata. Um, all, you know, Amazon, I don't think it's even prime, uh, or maybe it will be free on prime, but it's going to be at the regular places. Um, you can find me social media, the Brian com on uh, Twitter and then just Brian Pussain on Instagram and, uh, Facebook still. And, uh, my website is run by my high school buddy that was on this high school newspaper with me, and he does most of my social media still. Oh, that's so, so cool. Um, I, we didn't, BrianPassane.com. I didn't know that you were on the high school newspaper. We didn't even talk about that. This would have been the time when you manually pasted stuff up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was in ads and sold ads uh, to people around town and had to make those, had to hand make that stuff, yeah. Well, and also, I wasn't an editor, but um, we were all involved in that. It was super fun. Yeah, those were the days back then. Um, and then also your podcast, Nerd Poker, and you mentioned oh, yeah. that you have a radio show on Gimme Metal. On, yeah, on Gimme Metal called uh, Grandpa's Metal Stash. Awesome. And a bunch of comic books coming out this year through Image. Well, 2023 through Image. Right. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 